Hey Warriors and welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you've had a great week. As you could tell, I've had to move my podcast time to Mondays now. I'm going to be helping out with uh, the Vertical Church. If you've been paying attention to the page, you would have noticed that I've mentioned something about that. And I even gave you an update about how it went. It was pretty good. And we had a decent number of people show up. And I do believe that more will start showing up when people start sharing and talking about it. And I do think we are at a great spot of starting. You know, it's like very scary and it was very overwhelming because you know you got to set up everything because that's the one thing if you don't own your church you basically got to set up your church so one of the neat things is with setting up is that you know he's at the ymca and he has a deal with them he has a relationship with them and it really works out for them so they have everything they need the prayer is that we can actually have more people show up who have a heart to want to be there an hour before to help set up and make things just go fluent. It'd be really neat to see uh, members just get around that. And, you know, if you put out a prayer this week for when you think about Pastor Greg, that he can prepare for his next sermon and that he will uh, just be fired up for this and just be excited and just be able to keep moving forward. Um, as for me, um, everything is going well, the best that it can in this time. And, you know, I got to really thinking about what I was going to talk about today. And so I'm going to be entitling it Soapy Mouth, you know, still part of the series for Battlefield of the Gods, because that's a part of the different things that basically even not just us, but as men, but sometimes, you know, women have the same problems, but this is geared towards you guys. So today it's going to be Soapy Mouth. Now, that being said, the point of this whole concept, if you've ever heard of, you know, don't say that or you're going to get soap in your mouth or ever, ever seen it or have it happen to you, because the idea behind it is if we as kids, usually it was towards kids, I've um, never seen it towards an adult. If we cussed, disobeyed, you know, we're being really ugly. Um, there was a time where parents would get a bar of soap or put some soap on a toothbrush and put it in their mouth. They would have to brush their teeth or stick the soap in their mouth for a certain amount of time. It was a symbolism of cleaning out the mouth. Even though it is a heart issue, it was supposed to be a yucky symbolism to cleanse our palate, basically, to watch what we say because it was a consequence for it. Now, in reality... You know, as adults, we don't have someone putting soap in our mouth like that, but we do have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to remind us of scriptures and how to act and how we're supposed to treat people and how we're supposed to speak to people, how we're supposed to be around people and watch what we say. So in some sense, our whole, the Holy Spirit has become our soapy mouth or the soap in our mouth to remind us to watch what we say. Because a lot of times in this category of bad language or you know speaking badly or not doing what, what we're not saying what we're supposed to be saying, so things that are not godly basically, it's bad language, false witnessing, gossiping. You know, speaking out in anger is a really big one for anybody. A lot of times when we're wronged, the first thing we want to do is react emotionally. 
But the main question I have to ask for you is how many times do you think you use those wonderful four-letter words, whether it's for a feeling, a hurt, or even just feeling good in that moment of cursing out that moment? You know, one of the things I was going to add in here and get more in-depth is, is also using the Lord's name in vain as a purpose of cursing out or reflecting on your feeling in an appropriate way. Because that wonderful OMG, not the goodness side, but the uh, using his name is a very common thing that I hear, especially in the Christian culture. You know, that it's... To me, it's inappropriately using God's name as a cuss word to curse out towards. Even though, when you also read in scripture, it's also don't use God's name as a tool to authenticate your words. Which is also another factor of what I hear a lot of Christian leaders use. You know, they point out and when they want to correct someone uh, from correcting someone from correcting their wrong, they always point out, well, as, as a godly man or as a man of God, you know, this is what I'm supposed to, you know, like they, they start using God's identity as a reflective support to the way they're acting and so they don't reflect in themselves how they should be acting at all you know ephesians 4 starting in verse 25 says therefore having put away fault anyway put away excuse me falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone need. Let, and this is verse 29, the main verse, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth or mouths, but only such, because they're actually talking to more than one person, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those to, who hear. So we're supposed to watch what we say outright. And if you notice, it points out you know, a few things, you know, put away falsehood. That's kind of false witnessing and gossiping thrown together because you know what gossiping is like. The idea of gossiping is to let people know about what's kind of going, quote unquote, going on with the, uh, with the, dialogue of Im implication or even false witnessing is even involved in it to make it sound more scandalous or dramatic. Now, I do think there's a difference between sharing a thought of what you think could be a possibility versus trying to create a dramatic response to it or an emotional response from other people. But the number one thing I also see is how sometimes Christians don't think about what they say and don't realize how their words can hurt others, how it can cause strife or bitterness or anger in people. 
No, we, we, we want to be right so badly in our walk that we don't think about what our words could be doing to someone else's mind and heart and how it could hurt them. And I'm not talking about the snowflake concept that people like to throw out there. This is not snowflaking. This is what scripture says. You know, when you allow that anger to be developed in someone else towards you because you're right or you think you're right. And so you do it in spite of whether it breaks the relationship, relationship or not. We don't think about how that could cause other people to see you. You also don't think about how your words can keep other people to want to even have a relationship with you. And you could say, I don't care, but then that tells me that there's a problem that you're not dealing with. Because God's asking us to be in unity with our brothers and sisters, not enemies. You see, one of my favorite responses I hear a lot from a lot of Christians too, is that they say something about, they they give their defense or point, and then they so-called imply something and then when that person says, why did you call me what you implied? They say, but I didn't use that word. And this is like a big argument thing of late. I mean, a lot of times when I was a kid, I remember people would say, well, that word's not in there. Well, I didn't say that word. And that, like to me, that's a child child's play response. They say, I didn't say the word when you know that you intended to imply such a word. That's why you need to be careful on how you parent too. Well, I didn't call my kid stupid, but you implied that your kid was stupid. Well, I didn't tell my wife that I, I that I thought she was ugly, but you implied that she was ugly with your statements. I didn't like it's always like trying to find excuses for what you did and almost blame the other person for the, their interpretation of your words. And then you make a big scene about it because you, you need to make that scene to make to, to deflect the accusation. So that way you suddenly become the victim and the other person you hurt becomes the problem. And the reason why this bothers me a lot too is because that's what happened to me in my last job. I became the wolf in the, in the, the monster of the situation when the other person was doing nothing to protect the ministry and sharing the gospel and building up proper um, guidelines to see the children grow. And that's sad. And then now we get to the idea of Luke six. If you guys go to Luke six, no, we're starting at verse 43. <clears throat> it states, For no good tree bears bad fruit. Now, think about that. I've used this probably several times, but no good tree, good tree bears bad fruit. So you're not going to go up to a tree that's super healthy and see rotten berries being coming off of it. Like cherries, for example. You're not going to see rotten cherries growing out. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. You're not going to go to an unhealthy tree and see the most amazing fruit you can ever imagine. 
And this is the same for us. What's in our heart and who we are and what we reflect out in our words, how we think and how we act, how we treat people, how we respond, how we like in action when I, when you actually do something, you're not doing it out of bitterness and anger. You're doing it because you want to help them. At least you should be doing it with the right heart, which is why it's, we even talk about when people talk about tithing, don't do, you do it with a cheerful heart, not with a grudging heart. So like if I was a pastor of a church that we did tithing and you came up to me, you know, even if you're about to hand me $10 million and say, I'm, I'm giving you this, but I, 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 I regret it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I would take it from you because you're not giving it to me because God's asking you to do it. You're, you're doing it out of you're like you're doing it out of anger or regrungeal. And I don't want to use that money for that. Even though it could do many, many things for God. I don't know if I want to take it from you. Because you should have a willing heart. If God's asking you to do such a thing, then you do it out of love. You do it because you love God and God's going to take care of you. So it's not like he's telling you to give it all, you know, give all this stuff and nothing's going to come from it because you get to see the fruits of the labor of the person you're handing the money to through the ministry or whatever it may be, because you believe in them, you trust in that they're going to be able to use it wisely and you believe God's calling you to do it. So you do it. This is, this is the same concept for our words. Yes, we've been hurt. Yes, we've had bad things happen. Yes, we feel shameful and, and whatever you want to call it. We can use all the excuses we want. We, yes, we've been battling. Because if you go to continue the statement, it says, For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bushes. So in other words, a different tree is not going to provide the fruit that we are seeking if it's a weed. Because it's like all about weeds and like flowers concept, okay? A weed is not going to provide the fruit that people need to grow. A farmer is not going to grow his food with weeds. You as a man, begrudgingly angry, hurt, and bitter is not going to speak right to people. You're not going to treat people right. You're going to, that anger is going to start plaguing your theology as well. That hurt is going to start plaguing your theology. And you can say you've worked thousands and thousands of hours of studying scripture, but if you've never dealt with your hurt and pain and handed it to God, it's going to corrupt the way you look at things. No matter what. So if you were a man who was abused as a child and you never dealt with that hurt and pain, it doesn't mean you're going to be an abuser to your child, but it does not mean it did not hurt you, damage you, break your thoughts, make you, it's hard for you to parent. It's hard for you to love your wife a hundred percent. If you were bullied like I was, it does affect your adulthood. It does affect who you are. It does affect how you look at things. 
But as you surrender that hurt to God and you hand it to him so that he can have authority over it. So submitting all of that into his leading and helping you through it, he will. And it will cleanse you enough to be able to recognize, hey, I think I believed this theology this way because it made me feel justified for what happened to me. And this is how it also affects our words. See, the thing is, you know, I'm sure all of you are thinking, oh, cuss words is all I make us. No, it's about a lot of things of the aspect of why cussing even happens in the first place, why we even use those words. It's affected by anything that's going on around us. It's affected by our families. It's affected by how we were brought up. It's affected by how, what church you were and how they trained you. There's a lot of parts to this of why there's that issue there. And it all barrels down into that concept is, is have I dealt with certain hurts? Because I had anger. I still struggle with it here and there. But it's not how I was in high school. It's better now and how I deal with it. Because one of my problems growing up is when I was hurt, I held it in. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents that I was getting bullied in certain situations. So there was times where I did not share going right back to why you need a men's group why you need men to be around each other why you need men to be praying for each other all all connected verse 45 says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks watch what you say it's connected to what you bring in your heart and your mind. You put Jesus, scripture, prayer, spending time in God's word, studying it for real, spending time with other men who are believers, prayer, encouraging one another, building up one another when the other person's down, being there for one another in Christ, being a part of your church supporting your pastor, getting behind him, talking with him, spending time in prayer with him, uh, other pastors in your church, even, you know, Sunday school teachers. There is so much that we can do that we can give to our church beside our bodies and our time. If you know that there is some type of event going on with your youth in your church and you have no youth kids, why not get involved somehow? You don't have to do it every single week, but maybe find an opportunity, maybe bring snacks, maybe when they go do an event that's away from the church, be a, a sponsor or be a, um, I forget what they're called, but be a part of the group as a, a leader, you know, in a sense to help them with, maybe they have too many kids and they don't have enough leaders to keep an eye on all of them. They need someone that can do that. And when I mean even sponsoring, maybe it's an event that costs money and there's a couple kids you know that parents don't either have the money or they they come from a poor family and you know that you have the money, you have the opportunity to pay for them. Like going to camp. You know camp is not a cheap thing. See, like there's so many opportunities that you can take all that hurt that you once that you had and you start filling it with what God is supposedly number one in your life who you love the most 
give it all to him, hand it to him, you have opportunities to now reflect away from that hurt and pain and truly dive into who God is. I want you guys to think about that before we take this quick break, but once again, a lot of how or why we cuss and why we're angry, why we are hurt is coming from why we haven't surrendered. Now we're going to take a quick break and I'll see you right after. Hey warriors, welcome back to the second half of the episode. And I hope you thought about what I said about the first half. And now the second half, um, I want to talk a little bit more about understanding what it means to be dealing with our issues and pain and hurt and how it reflects and how we see other people's failures make us feel better. Now, if you guys have been paying attention, you know that there was an issue with Matt Chandler and you know that there was even an issue with what's his, I cannot remember his name now. But his church where people, members of the church, were speaking up against the leadership because they weren't following the rules of the church. And basically the leaders were calling those people divisive and disrespectful. And there was supposed to be this big meeting that they were going to have. And basically they told them that they were just there to listen even though the members were calling out for a vote to have discussion, they said no. And David Platt, that's what, his church. That was only about a few months ago, I believe. So what I've been noticing though, is you have two sides to this concept. You have people who are like, I'm, I'm glad that people are speaking up and, and calling out, which is, I'm all for that. But now you need to stop it when you start heading into the cheering and rejoicing with the yes, you know, I'm glad they got their just deserves, you know, like what they deserve out of it. Now, I will say, I will say this. I will rejoice in God that what was done to be revealed is revealed. I want you to understand there's a difference. One is about seeing how God is revealing the second one is about kicking them when they're down because if you've been in that situation you know what it's like to be kicked while you're down you should not be doing the same thing back to them when they're kicked or I should say when they get knocked to the ground and now you're out there kicking them down I will say to, to me in my opinion I do think that Matt Chandler's situation it just there's something not really i'm not really sure what's being said as the reasoning is 100 percent the reasoning because it's very odd to feel the the emotion that he was feeling for that reason that they are providing now in the same sentence i would say make sure you pray for him because if there is more to what we are being told he has a long way to get back on his feet and he's going to need the Holy Spirit to really get him back on his feet again. At the same time, 
even in my situation, I do hope that I get to see God's intervention in the situation. Even if I don't get to see it, I do hope I do, so I can rejoice that change is happening, because I do believe change is supposed to be happening there. Um, the other thing to look at is what we don't do from what we're hurting is we don't take a moment to step back to reflect on ourselves. Now, we kind of made mention of this in the first half, but I want to really emphasize the understanding. You see, you know, our bad words, our bad language, you know, our cursing, you know, how we treat people, the gossiping, the false witnessing, the anger that we allow to just grow and fester in us. All of that is the heart issue of dealing. But then we don't stop to reflect in our current state. And all we see is the hurt and pain and anger is kind of being justified by the way that we're acting. We don't dismiss it. Well, I should say we do dismiss it and kind of ignore it. And then we go and find scriptures that fit and support what we're doing or think we are finding scripture that supports what we're doing. And then we go find other pastors who talk about similar things and we start finding all these different views. And then we always say, well, this is what God showed me. This is what I learned. And it's like, okay, yeah, but scripture doesn't imply that's okay. Well, that's when they use that. Well, the word is not there. Well, that does not mean that you could justify your action because the so-called quote-unquote word's not there. Because we would argue that same point with homosexuality. You know, that's the argument. Well, that word is not in scripture, yet the defining of what that word is, is in the scripture. The same thing with the concept of Trinity. The word Trinity is not in scripture, but the concept of Trinity is defined in how it's described in scripture. You know, just because the word computer and uh, texting and the word, uh, you know, using digital concepts is not being taught in the scripture does not mean that the teachings that Christ gave us does not work for how we should act, treat, or use internet you're getting this whole point so the thing is if we're not stopping to reflect what we're doing whether it is in the digital world or in real life and we're responding with the misconcept of how we're supposed to deal then we can be pulled into the problem of having a soapy mouth Constantly having to cleanse it because we're not watching what we say, or how we're feeling, and we're reacting in how we're feeling versus reacting biblically. It's a very fine line, and I've seen this not just with guys, it's also in women <coughs> who have been hurt or have experienced hardships like narcissism or in from an ex-husband or narcissism in a pastor, or they've been through emotional like abuse and mental abuse. And, and this is even for men. It's not just for the women, what they've done. I've seen men, the same problem, but the thing is what we have to remember is don't allow what has happened to us to define what the scriptures mean. Because the one thing we have to be super careful about 
is asking God to deal with people, but we want it in a way that is making us feel better. Because like today, I just saw someone who put on there, I'm going to treat you how you treat me. And I say this on God. Remember I said in the last, the second half, first half, don't use God's name as a system of defining a statement that isn't actually biblical is like a swearing or swarning of God upon it. Because this is what David said, and this is what this is why I'm saying it this way in the way I'm why I'm talking about it the way I did. David said in Psalms 55, starting at verse 12, it says, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals in solity with me. Then I could hide from him. But is you a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend? We used to take a, take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. Sheol is hell, just an FYI. Now this is what the message says in those same verses. So you get a clarity of understanding. This isn't the neighborhood bully mocking me. I could take that. This isn't a foreign devil spitting in inventive investive. I could tune that out. It's you. We grew up together. You, my best friend. Those long hours of leisure as we walked arm in arm, got a third party to our conversation. Haul my betrayers off alive to hell. Let them experience the horror. Let them feel every desolate detail of a damned life. I want you guys to think about what David is saying. He is not saying, like, if we said that out loud, we'd be like, oh, he doesn't love Jesus. There's not enough Jesus in him. He needs to get right with Jesus. Oh, my. Jesus tells us to love everyone. I want you guys to think about what he's saying. Because this is what usually what people hear, see, and this is what you all do. This is what I do. This is how we react emotionally. This is what is going on. This is what what I mean. That that mindset is why when we focus on that being how we feel, that's why our words are nasty. That's why our jokes are nasty. That's why we gossip. This is why we witness a false witness other people. This is why we do things with our mouth to hurt others. Whether we use the actual word or just implied it. Because later on, well, I'm going to actually start with the verses right after verse 15. But later on, verse 19 is the the moment that I, I want you guys to take, if anything, today. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me, even the morning at, and at noon. I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. It's almost like... Emotion, then he stopped to reflect. 
okay? He hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety. From the battle that I wage inside. Storms of this world to everything that's causing me hurt. For many are arrayed against me. Verse 19. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from old, because they do not change and do not fear God. I want you guys to think about that. You see, that's the key thing. I think the one thing that we're supposed to be doing, if anything, seeking out humility and this is what it says in the message so that I, I want you guys to really take in this this section of verses because it's vital I call to God God will help me at dusk dawn and noon that means anytime I sigh deep sighs he hears he rescues my life is well and whole secure in the middle of danger even while thousands are lined up against me, God hears it all. And from his judge's bench, puts them in their place. But set in their ways, they won't change. They pay him no mind. This is basically probably verse for all of this whole thing. Our anger, hurt, and pain are past. Things are, are going there in our hearts, and they're they're going there. Like it's it's building a home, it's 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 getting a foothold, and then the enemy knows it, and they try to break our hearts down more. They they remind us how God wasn't there during that time, how God doesn't love you, and the only only thing that loves you is you yourself. That is the the teaching that we are telling people today and giving people to stand on is that you need to just count on yourself. You can't trust people. You can't do anything besides your, so what you could do for yourself. The thing is, we, we can't count on people to always be correct, but it does not say you can't trust people to be there for you. God will always be there. Jesus will always be by your side. But the only one that's going to actually heal you is the Holy Spirit. People can't do that. I want you to take, if anything, from this, is understand that your mouth and what you say out to people is a reflection of what David felt when he felt betrayed by someone he cared about, his best friend, someone close to him. Now, some people believe he's talking about um, Jonathan. Because I've had a pastor that I've listened to actually, actually point that out. He used these verses. But I want you to take it in and think about what all the stuff that's happened to you, whether it is someone that you trusted. Because I had people that I trusted and I thought were my friends or the ones that betrayed me the most. And I'm sure you guys have had that situation too. Whether it's abuse growing up, whether it's hurt later on in life, whether it's bitterness and anger because of things that people have done, 
I can tell you this at times that my mouth were the worst to deal with was probably when I was hurt the most. When bullying got to the point where I couldn't just shove it to the side. When being mistreated by people that you thought were your friends. When being kicked out because of fear and someone else's deceitful ways making people think of you differently. When you see other people who have gone through that and, and seen the results of how certain people have treated them. Words hurt people. Words can create the worst in people. Words can be very dangerous. And what you say, whether it's cussing, whether it is selling mistrust, whether it's attacking other people's character, it hurts people. And then if anything else, it hurts God. He doesn't expect us to be acting like this, talking like this, treating people like this. He wants us to love one another, care for one another, be there for one another, encourage one another, find unity among each other. That's what he desires. But if your fruits are not reflecting that, that's not what people see. And you don't want to be verse 19 end person but set in their ways they won't change they pay him no mind because they do not change do not fear God do you fear God enough to take a step back because in verse in Psalms 51, it states, Create in me a clean heart, O God. This is David again. A re and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. This is your moment right now to actually ask God, have I really been this bitter and angry for this long? Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Cleanse my heart. Allow me to be able to see you clearly. Make sure I am not misusing scripture for my hurt. Make sure I am following you. Make sure, Holy Spirit, keep my mind clear on a daily basis. Pray for this. Ask it. This is your opportunity to change. To, you know, you're like, I, I have a problem with my, mouth, with my mouth. Then you reflect on what could be possibly creating this hurt and pain inside that's allowing your mouth to be so easily corrupted. Because self-control is part of the gifts of the spirit. And sometimes we allow our angers and emotions to be able to speak that way and justify it. And this is the time, guys, this is the time today to go and grab that soap, have that Holy Spirit cleanse you out and renew a right spirit within you.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless these men that are listening and women, that they reflect, they recognize that there must be something in their life that's allowing this bitterness and anger to come out in their words. It doesn't have to be cuss words. It could be how they treat other people. It could be how they speak to other people. It can be how they respond to people. It could be how they're using their words to hurt people, even if they think I didn't use the exact words. There is so much about this whole concept of understanding our words and what it does to people and how it treats them that we need to stop and reflect. Because there's probably something that we need to ask you, Holy Spirit, to come in and cleanse us and renew the right spirit in us. I pray today that we'll see some men's have some changed hearts and watch their words change as well. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, I hope you have a great week and God bless.